I would like to thank my sponsors, Maggie Flores with Southern Blues Boutique and Jessica Espinoza with Jessica's Crafty Creations. They both can do some very nice work. So y'all go like and follow their page and please support small businesses. And thank my boy, Mike Estrada, for getting the logo right. So all my small business owners, if y'all need some logos, y'all hit up my boy, Mike, man. Yep, yep, you there? All right, sounds like we made it back. Okay. <laughs> all right, you doing all right? I'm doing well, yes, thank you. How are you? I'm doing good, doing good. 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 Okay, let's let's jump into it. Uh, welcome, everybody. Episode 22 of Levi's Youth Sports Talk. And today we got somebody from the San Antonio area, went to Brackenridge High School, then Hendricks College in Arkansas. And then he, we got a nice little list right here. I like to read off for everybody. We got a volunteer assistant varsity baseball coach at Brackenridge, a baseball youth player, a baseball academy program director in the Netherlands, head junior varsity assistant varsity coach in Lincoln High School in Lincoln, California, assistant varsity coach in in Germany a president of a baseball and softball club in Germany and a baseball coach, general manager, player at a baseball club in, in Germany. We want to welcome Mick Acosta to the show. Hopefully I said that right. Oh yeah, you got it. <laughs> All right, it. cool, cool, man. So let's, you know, let's start off and, and talk about your, your upbringing and then we'll go from there. Okay, sure. Yeah, I was um, born and raised here in San Antonio. Like you said, I went to uh, Breckenridge High School. Uh, I played four years of baseball there. Uh, I was on varsity um, the last three years, sophomore, junior, senior, and had some had some success. I I was able to uh, make all all district there for a few years, and then after that, I was fortunate enough to go play to continue playing baseball up in Arkansas at a, a Division three school. Mm-hmm. out there Hendricks College um and it was fun you know had had some success up there too you know got a got a degree and and lived the college life and played some pretty good baseball you know people kind of take division 3 baseball for granted but we played some some pretty good baseball up there and we were you know I was able to come home and play we played against Trinity here in San Antonio and then we also played against the Southwestern University up in Georgetown so luckily my parents were able to watch me play uh okay. baseball in college and uh, yeah, after that, it was a whirlwind, you know, life kind of took over. And uh, like most folks, you know, after my senior year in college, uh, I, I obviously I didn't get drafted or anything like that, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't want to let the dream die. So uh, I went out to the Netherlands and played a season in their professional system. And uh, it was it was such a blast out there. Um, you know, I got to experience a new culture and I got to also get my first taste of uh, coaching, coaching youth. So I was able to coach a 15 and 16 year old club and you know I, I was able to take them they won the Dutch champion the Dutch national championship in their age group and you know we went okay to nice championships yes it was fun nice nice man and and so how did you how did you get to the to the Netherlands um just just for baseball it was yeah it was uh, specifically for baseball I okay. I wrote some some clubs that were out there and asked them if they needed a, a first baseman DH and I was luckily I was lucky enough that one of those guys hit me back and said, yeah, come on out and play for six months. So I did. Nice, nice, man. Nice. So, so being a, a, a four year starter in, in college, man, like, like how was the feeling, you know, as coming in as a freshman, you know, did you, did you have it, you know, like I'm good enough. I can, I can start or, or did you have to really, really, you know, work hard for your, your starting spot? I did. Um, and, you know, I got there in the fall and I didn't really know to, what to expect. Um, you know, I, I did well in high school and, you know, I was confident uh, that I would do well in college as well. I thought that I would have to bide my time and maybe sit for a year or two. But, you know, I showed up I showed up in the fall ready to go and I had a really good fall uh, season and I, I beat out a senior for, for that starting spot. And, yeah, of course, that felt really good. I competed and I did well and it paid off. Nice, nice, man. And so you're there. You was a a four year starter, you know, first baseman, DH. 
you earned the all-conference honors in sophomore and, and junior season as a first baseman. They explain the feeling of, of being an all-conference all player. Yeah, it, it feels really good. You know, I mean, you play against those guys for four years and you, you get to know each other and you, you're in each other's respect and, you know, you got to produce, uh, you got to produce on the field ultimately. Um, but, you know, like I said, it, it was a pretty good conference. Um, and, and, of course, I felt, you know, really accomplished and, you know, proud of what I did. And, you know, it was it was an honor to be to be named an all-conference player. Nice, man. And um, explain, like, uh, your, your work ethic from going from high school to college. Like, how much did it differ or, or was it, you know, the same? No, it, it totally – it was totally different, you know, in – you know, growing up in San Antonio and, you know, going to high schools here, I I did well. And I, I don't think that, you know, it wasn't – it it came easy. It came natural. It was something that I did. I practiced all the time with my dad. I had a really good set of teammates, uh, you know, growing up all the way from the time I was like six, you know, through high school. So those guys pushed me. Uh, my teammates pushed me pretty hard to get to where I was. And when I got to college, it was a different beast. You know, you had to deal with – you know, pretty tough academics. My my school is known for it, for its academics, and on top of a heavy academic workload, I had to you know then go and do my baseball stuff. So it was a pretty busy day, pretty busy uh, four years, I guess. Okay, explain a explain a day of a of a college athlete. Sure. Yeah. So you know, we we have classes. Um, you know, sometimes we would we would wake up early and go lift weights or go run or you know do some some physical activity it wasn't as stringent or strict as I thought it would be you know as some of these maybe division one or division two or you know high level division three uh schools go you know we didn't have to wake up every morning at 5 30 and go work out you know it was kind of you know however good you wanted to be is what you put into it so I went to class from maybe eight to two and then after that we had you know a little bit of a break and then I practiced from maybe three to six and then dinner and then homework and there was that cycle for four years and you know, I had to work my butt off in the classroom. It was uh, the classroom, especially more so than the baseball. The baseball came easier because it was, you know, natural. I've been doing it my whole life. But mm -hmm. the academic aspect of college kind of, you know, honestly kicked my butt for a few years until I got the hang of it. You know, going to high school here. Um, I mean, it was it wasn't as hard as I guess it didn't prepare me as well as I thought it would. Um, you know, I had to read a ton of. <laughs> You know, even before I got to, you know, the first day on campus, I had to read like five books, you know, and that they're like pretty thick books. And uh, <laughs> that was uh, that was a wake up call. Like, dude, I'm not even in class yet. And you guys are making me read five books. Right. Yeah. It kicked my butt. You know, honestly, it kicked my butt. But, you know, I got the hang of it and, you know, I graduated. So I guess I survived. Yeah. 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 You survived. That's it. So at, at what age did you start playing baseball? Yeah, I was young. I was young, so maybe five or six, and um, I had a core group of guys that I played with over there uh, on the northwest side of town. And you know, we grew up all the way through high school playing against each other in high school. And you know, in the summertime or wintertime, we would um, we would come together and just you know play ball. That that's all I knew for you know since I was five years old. Mm -hmm. And did you did you play like any select growing up? So they didn't have uh, select when I was growing up. I think as I was maybe a junior or senior in high school, that's when that select started, but it's nothing like it is right now where it seems like most of the baseball out there is select and you play tournaments and that's how you kind of get noticed versus <laughs> playing in like CYO or Pony League or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it is with, with basically with softball too, because that's what my daughter's day and they play softball and, and I'm in that select world. So, Man, it's it is real crazy out there, but it's it's real fun. Like you meet a lot of people, and like basically that's turned into your lifestyle. That's what for me. I never played. I played baseball like two or three years, and that's it. And I thought I would never have anything to do with the sport ever again in my life. And mm. yeah, I'm like all in this sport. <laughs> no, that's good. I mean, I, I think from what I've, what I've listened to on your show, you have a daughter and, you know, she's uh, in the thick of it with the Bombers. And, you know, I have a son, too, and he plays he plays here select ball with the Canes. And, you know, I have a daughter just like you. And pretty soon I'm going to have to do what you did and, you know, kind of learn softball. <laughs> no, so it's, yeah. it's going to be a nice challenge. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's fun, though. Like, as you know, to just 
to just it's, it's so much into it. I mean, like it's from not knowing, from me not knowing absolutely nothing, nothing about it. You know, I can teach you how to field the ball and catch, but other than that, like I couldn't. And I, I learned a, a lot, a lot, and still learning to this day. No, I hear you. I went to go watch uh, one of my friends, uh, AJ. He has a daughter that plays at, at Taft. And uh, we went to go watch their game last night. And he's like, man, you're, you better. This is a different world. But, you know, he's having fun, you know. And I, I've heard some of your other, other guests that have fun with softball, too. No experience. And they jump they jump in feet first. And it's very beneficial for everyone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's, it's fun. So, um, let's, let's go into your, you know, being – all the coaches and you know being program directors in in the, let's start off in the in the Netherlands like like how was it you know going being over there and, and coaching like just completely different kids from being here in the in the US yeah uh so i was i was a player out there for 6 months and uh, they were getting close to their it's like the Little League World Series, but it's the senior league because they're a little older. So they're 15 and 16-year-old kids. And they said, hey, do you want to coach this group of kids? You know, we're trying to get them to win the the Dutch championships and maybe go play in Poland. So they got me to coach, and we had some tryouts. And, you know, maybe 13, 14 kids made the team. And then we had practices. And then we played a, a little tournament up there in the Netherlands, and we won that tournament. Um, Mm -hmm. and then we went over to Poland and there was a, I think the tournament was like 10 teams and, you know, we ended up coming in like fifth place, but it was a blast, you know, like we got to, we got to bond together as a team. Um, there wasn't very much of a, a language barrier because, you know, they speak, they speak English pretty fluently out there in the Netherlands. So it was, it was uh, quite the experience. And I still talk to some of those kids to this day, you know, it was a, it was a bonding experience and something that, you know, sports and team brings us, brings out in all of us. So it was a blast. Nice, man. That's 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 good. That's good. And so like like, you know, um, and you was like being a coach, man, like like how, how much do you, you know, like believe in breaking down fundamentals during during practices? Um, yeah, I think it's important to kind of set a base. Um, I think if you show your players what you expect of them, that kind of takes out any excuses of them not really knowing what you're wanting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of it kind of sets a base for everyone. You you as a coach can kind of set your the way you want things done, the way things should be done within your organization. And you know, once everyone learns how to do it the correct way, then everyone starts you know speaking the same language on the field, and you know they can kind of help themselves. Or you know, you try to find those those leaders within the clubhouse that you know holds everyone accountable. So that that's that's my take on it. Okay. Okay. And and um going from like the Netherlands and then coming back, going back to, you know, to California and like uh, speak on, speak on how was it coaching in in Cali? California was, was one of my, I guess, most fun experiences so far. So I went over there. um, I was, I was, you know, working with the air force. And and again, like I, I, I just, I love baseball so much that I always try to find a way to get connected. And this was before I had my kids too. Um, my son Lucas was, you know, two years old. So this is me just coaching kids just because I enjoy being around the game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, baseball is everything you would expect, expect it to be in California. I was there at a, at a small school and that school breathed, breathed baseball. And um, we, they had a new coaching staff and we were trying to create a culture and build upon what they had going on. And, um, you know, at first, you know, they asked me to come on to be a part of the JV staff. And, and I did, and I, I took pride in that um got to got to know a bunch of the kids and then the head coach for the varsity team left and I was like okay so I'll apply for this varsity job um thinking that you know my credentials you know being that short list I was like okay sure I'll be a shoe and then you know I didn't get the job for the varsity but they put me in charge of the JV squad and that was you know a blessing in disguise because I I I really connected with those kids and I took I took it as a as a challenge to help those kids that are on the JV get ready to be on the varsity squad. And that, that club, that group of kids ended up winning like maybe three out of five uh, up there. They call them section section championships. So they won three out of five championships. Mm-hmm. And that, that was just a, a pleasure to watch them play and grow. Nice, man. That's, yeah, it's, it's always good to see, you know, I mean, I really never had the chance. I always coached the little ones 
and like I never really been stay connected like like that with the kids that that I that I've coached. I see you know parents post on Facebook and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So even like you said earlier, you you would talk to the kids over there, still talk from the Netherlands. Like that's that's real good. Like you know, not every coach want to even keep connections with certain kids. They only want the good ones. You know. Right. So is that's good to to hear. And so, um, and then going in. So you was in the the military. Yeah, I I was. Um, first I started off in the army, and then I I crossed over to the air force. So I'm currently a reservist in the air force and a, a government civilian. So that's kind of why there's a big old, I guess, breadth of experience where I'm in California and then I'm in Texas and then I'm kind of, you know, in Germany. So that's that's the reason that I, I've been bouncing around quite a bit. Okay, well, well, thank you for your services. Let's go. Let me get that out of the way. <laughs> um, so, like, um, when, as, as a coach, um, speak on, like, like, a day, like, how do you plan practices and you know, get get the kids to, and speak on how much you you talk of like discipline. You speak discipline to the kids. Yeah, discipline is pretty important. It's, you know, whether it doesn't matter how old they are. You know, you got the you got the younger kids, maybe between eight and eight and ten. Discipline is just getting getting them to focus for like fifteen minutes at a time, and then you know, as you get a little older, discipline means starting to do things right and starting to you know build a little bit of cohesion as a team uh and then as you get into the to the high school ages or even the yeah i guess the high school ages discipline plays a pretty big part because you got a lot of things to i guess worry about you got school you got social life you got everything that comes with being a a teenager and then you have to like hone all of this i guess uh energy towards the baseball field and you know you got to get you have to have good grades you have to have guys be there on time and you know dress the right way and stuff like that so <laughs> discipline goes a pretty long way and you know I, at first I was a little bit more strict on discipline and I think that's because of the you know just being around the military and that's kind of what's ingrained into us and you know at first I was a little too strict uh, on discipline but I you know I've kind of laxed away and I'm, I'm trying to see see life through the lens of you know, a teenager or however old the kid is that we're coaching. And, you know, just remember that they're not adults. So, you know, you got to kind of be a little lax in that respect. But at the same time, you got to hold them accountable. Otherwise, you know, what's the point of, of being accountable and being a part of a team if you can't, you know, really have any discipline? Right, right. Um, so, like, being being a, a first baseman, like, what's some, what's some good guidelines and tips that you would give uh, a kid that that's never played first base and that want to try it, try it out. What's some, you know, tips that you would give them? Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously some of the, the most important things is you got to be able to do the basics. You know, you got to be able to catch the ball. You got to be able to throw the ball, you know, a, sh- a shorter distance, right? You know, usually it's just, you know, those 90 foot throws to second base or home plate or, we, you know, feel the ball and then just, you know, underhanded to the pitcher for that easy out mm-hmm. so i think uh first base is a little bit slower than most of the other positions so you know like i said fundamentals you know feeling the ball properly keeping the ball in front of you and then just being able to make those easy throws um yeah i mean that that's all that i would work on if i was working on fundamentals with someone that's never you know played first base is just making sure that you're able to navigate your your way around the base and you know kind of be a leader on the field too Mm-hmm. And how so? Uh, um, what's the youngest age group you've coached? So the youngest age group I coached was a kid pitch team. Um, I think they were maybe five, six years old, and that was you know done out of uh, one of my wife's coworkers said, "Hey, we don't have a coach, uh, Mick. We know that Mick played baseball, so can you coach?" <laughs> and I did, and you know that that was also another another fun little story. You know these kids just like you said, they'd never really played baseball. Um, mm-hmm. They don't, they didn't practice baseball all the time. And they, at the end of the season, you know, from the first practice all the way to the end of the season, it was, it was a journey. And, you know, um, they ended up making the playoffs of their, of their little league that they were playing in. And uh, 
it was fun to watch. You know, they were just so happy, you know, whether they won or whether they lost, they were happy because they knew that, you know, their parents really cared about them. And, mm. you know, they even they signed a ball for me and I still have that up in my office, you know, with their little, you know, five and six year old handwriting. <laughs> so it's pretty special, you know, like you, you develop bonds with these players and, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's something that I, you know, you can't explain it unless you've been there, like <clears throat> how important these players are. Yeah. Yes, it's, it is. And like now I coach my, I help coach my daughter eight U team, mm -hmm. and it's like you said, you grow grow bond. You you see these like for me as these little girls, and you know they can be you know girls at times, but at the same time you you know the things that they can that they can do. So you they're pushing them, pushing them, pushing them, and they like now like I like I'm I'm like a I'm like a, a joking coach, like mm -hmm. like I, I I want it done right, but I like to joke around too. And I think at first a lot of the girls they didn't didn't realize like I was a little jokester. Mm -hmm. And so they would just be looking at me now. Oh my gosh. They <laughs> they see me now and it's just it's what joke did they think of in, in that day? You know, to, to tell me. But but it's it's fun coaching coaching the, the young ones. I never really coached never coached uh, an older team. So so speak on like coaching the younger kids and then coaching the the older kids. Yeah, I mean like like you said, you know the younger kids you have to keep them engaged and you have to keep them uh from getting bored, you know, it's you can't have the same practice for a you know 5 to 8 year old team as you would for a high school group or older. You know, you got to you got to keep it short. You got to mix in the water breaks. You got to make, you know, some competitions. And then maybe at the end of the youth practice, have like a little scrimmage or something like that, where you put it all together. Um, whereas the older guys, I, I kind of found that we can work on broader concepts, you know, like, oh, we didn't do whatever well the last game, whether it be like double cuts or relays or, you know, bunt defense and stuff like that. And you don't have to hit everything during every practice for the older guys. Like, like I said, you can kind of isolate it, um, and and break it up that way but i think um there's a lot of things that you have to kind of take into account uh regardless of the age group you know who the audience is what their talent level is um do you need to work on any specific group more so than the other on a certain day and you know i think uh i think that's that's the big the big uh i guess equation that you have to figure out as a coach is you know what will these kids sit through how long will they listen to you and how can you engage them better so that nobody gets bored? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that that's the thing is them getting bored. They like, they'll be there engaged and then within a split second, they'll just be wandering into the clouds. And, and like us at, at practices, we like to, we move them all around mm -hmm. into all different positions. Like, like how, how big is these kids knowing multiple positions like growing up no i think it's i think it's vital i mean um some kids get funneled into a position really early and they don't really get to i guess experience the rest of the game you know my son as an example i'm we're fortunate um you know in his organization i guess the philosophy is you know put him everywhere you know put him at catcher mm -hmm. put him at pitcher put him at outfield you know everywhere just so we can see how difficult it is just so we can see what he can do what the what the potential is you know um and i i think that's just just really important like if you got you know johnny who's a catcher or who can catch a ball and you put him at catcher or first base because he's the best he's the he's the only guy that can catch on the team then you're kind of doing a maybe a disservice to everyone else it's i think it's kind of maybe an easy way out for a coach to not have to teach people how to do stuff maybe a little bit but you know it's it's just important to kind of let the players experience every part of the game you know as much as they can whether they're you know batting leadoff or batting last or batting fourth you just got to let everyone experience the whole i guess greatness of the game mm -hmm. right right um Speak on like, well, one once I I wanted to, I want to say this I I heard from a, a guy that you was like one of the best hitters that he ever seen, Mister Mister Eddie Rodriguez he 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 told me that, so speak on speak on being just being a a great hitter and like how good of an eye you have to have for the ball to even be a great hitter. 
Yeah. Well, first off, thanks to Eddie. I'll be modest and say I'll be modest and say I was I was pretty decent. But um, <laughs> you know, it's it takes a lot of work. Um, it's it's really you know, my my dad and all the coaches that I had growing up, they they worked me pretty hard. You know, my dad would make me go into into my garage and I would have to hit a hundred balls off of a tee. You know, during season I would probably have to do it. You know, every night that there wasn't a game and. Um, it was, it just takes a lot of practice. You don't, you don't just roll up into a game and expect to go two for three or, you know, whatever it, you know, it takes a lot of work. And I, I would attribute it to that, you know, like the, the folks around me, I, I, I was fortunate enough to play on some really good youth teams, you know, growing up all the way through high school. And, you know, those guys, we pushed each other and, you know, we were probably the best players on all of our high school teams. And, and I, I think it takes a, you know, a culture of guys that want to do something and do it together. And that's what I had. And, you know, I guess as far as approach, I, you know, I wasn't as scared. I wasn't, you know, afraid to just let it fly. You know, I, I didn't want to, you know, just hit a slap single, you know, over the shortstop or over the second baseman. I wanted to drive the ball and I wanted to get on base every time. And, you know, I wanted to hit doubles and do damage. And, you know, I think uh, sometimes nowadays kids are a little too timid. You know, they don't want to upset their mom or their dad or their coach. They, and they're just, you know, trying to make contact, you know, and making contact is success. But, you know, we tell our, and, you know, in our, in our organization, we tell players, you know, we're going to do damage. We're not, you know, we're not just going to, you know, try to get some singles. And, you know, the only time that we're kind of in a little bit of a, a defensive or a team at bat mode is when we have two strikes and, you know, we still put it in play and make the other team make plays. But I guess that was my philosophy is, you know, just, attack the baseball, attack the fastballs and, you know, make the pitchers, you know, pay for any mistakes that they make in the zone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so like when you was coaching from, you know, like from the, the younger kids to the high school, like, you know, all kids, they learn different. Right. So, so how can you relate from, you know, this player that's just, just have it naturally to a player that won't wants it and just can't get there. I think it's uh it's important to show kids what you want them to do. You know, mm-hmm. you, I, I'm one of those guys that I need to see the way I learn is by seeing things and by doing things. You know, you can explain something to me all day and I, I might not get it. Mm-hmm. But if you if you stand in the box with me and if you, you know, show me what you want me to do or show me what I'm doing wrong or show me, you know whatever it is, then, you know, I'll be more successful. So I try to, I try to explain it to the, to the team or to the players. And then I show them what I want them to do. And then, you know, we take a few, uh, you know, a few rounds of, of whatever the drill is and to make sure that they got the concepts. Right. And I know that, I know that kids understand what you're saying, or they understand the concepts once they, once they start repeating the verbiage back to you or, you know, maybe correcting their, their teammates or, or whatever it is, you know, it's, it's a discussion to me. It's not, it's not me, you know, telling you, Hey, this is what you're going to do. It's like, Hey, you know, let's have this discussion. Let's, let's figure out what's going on in your, in your mind. And let's see if we can get on the same page. You know, I, there's times where I, I go to players and I ask them a question and they freeze up because they think they might get the wrong answer. I'm like, like, dude, dude, we're just having a conversation. I just want to know what you're thinking or what you're feeling in the box or when you're throwing a baseball or whatever. And I, I try to make it a relationship more than just a, a directive type of relationship where I'm telling you what to do versus making sure you understand. Right, right. Um, so being, uh, you know, a baseball coach, I don't know, you know, how much y'all bunt uh, stuff like that. But if if you do, like, in what, let me see. In what kind of situation would you just lay down the bunt? Um. Yeah. I mean, bunting is. is I. Th- I mean, I think it's a lost art. You know, we. When I got to when I got to the high school level, I. We had to show these guys how to how to lay down a proper bunt. Everyone thinks that a bunt is like, oh, well, I'm going to, you know, every every time that I bunt is going to be a drag bunt or a push bunt and I'm trying to get on base. But, you know, there's some times where you actually need to sacrifice your out um, mm. to get those guys over, you know, later later on in the game. I, 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 I We've been having this conversation um, within, our, within our coaching staff at the organization about how bunting is maybe a little bit misused and, you know, people are doing it too early in the game and stuff like that. But you know, in in our in our teams, we don't our, in our teams right now. We don't focus too much on bunting, more so than getting you know good at bats and driving the baseball and and stuff like that. The uh, 
I guess the art of bunting might come a little bit later, but we still want to make sure that the players know how to do it in case they're called to do it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a, a mindset and a philosophy that, you know, if a coach gives you a sacrifice bunt, you got to lay it down. And of course, it's our jobs as coaches to ensure that, you know, people are, are able to do that confidently. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Okay. Name, name one thing you would have done better in high school that would have made you a better college player? Oh, yeah. So um, I think for sure it would have been, you know, nutrition and conditioning when I was uh, when I was in high school and even in college, I was a little heftier. So um, just just taking care of my body, you know, I I I wish I would have known some of the things that I know now about, you know, nutrition and conditioning and, you know, running and taking care of your body after, you know, whatever, you know, a double header or something like that. So I think that's what if I can go back in time, I would encourage myself to, you know, hey, take a look at your conditioning and, you know, make sure that you're as, you know, athletic and, you know, flexible as you need to be in order to, you know, have a longer career, I guess. Okay. So, um, championship game. Do you go into championship games with the same concept as a regular game? Or is everything different? Or, like, talk about what's the difference? Um. I think, uh, you know, we, I, like I said, the team in California, we were, we played in two championship games while I was there and, and, you know, I was only there for two years, which was really cool to watch. Um, the kids go through their whole process of, you know, a long season and our jobs as coaches was to make sure that I think nothing changed, you know, you, you played a certain way all year to get to where you are in a championship game. Why are you going to make it more complicated than it already is? You know, you got to try to keep the players loose um, make sure that you don't just throw, you know, some curveballs at them and change the way they've been playing. Um, I, I, that's, I guess that's what I would, what I would say is just try to keep everyone on the same plane that they have been for the last, you know, two or three months and, you know, just ensure that no one is overly anxious or nervous and just let them know that, Hey, you know, win or lose it, just, just give it your best. And, you know, the, the dice will, you know, land where they may. And, you know, we'll, we'll still be proud of you as long as you give your best effort and, you know, keep on doing the same thing we've been, we've been doing all year. Mm-hmm. How, like, I don't know how the parents are in, you know, in baseball, but how, how let me see. I'm trying to get this question, right. Like, when do you think certain parents need to just let kids play and not, like, you know, have so much pressure on the kids for wanting them to be the best player in the city at 10, 11 years old? Uh, that's a good question. I like how you kind of tiptoed around that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think as soon as possible, you know, um, coaches – you know, they, they spend a lot of time uh, on the craft of showing players how to how to get to where they want to be. You know, baseball is a very complicated sport, and, you know, softball is just as well. There's so many moving pieces, so many things you have to be good at. Um, so, I mean, as soon as, soon as possible. You know, if you're going to trust someone to spend, you know, six hours a week with your kid, then, you know, you got to fully trust them. And, you know, even when you go home, you got to also, you know, be positive about the coaching staff and not, not bad about the coaching staff or say, you know, coach Mick doesn't really know what he's talking about, you know, then what's the point. But uh, one, one of the things that I did when I was, uh, when I was coaching the JV team out in California is I, I had a meeting with the parents and I said, Hey, you guys, you know, I'm going to treat these guys like they're, you know, adults, you're, you're young men, you know, that, you know, you're not going to be bringing Johnny some Gatorade into the dugout in the fourth mm-hmm. inning. You're not going to be bringing him water. You're not going to be bringing him his cleats later on in the game because he forgot him at home. And I, I made that very, very clear that, yes, I love the parents. I, I need their support. But at the same time, once practice starts or once the game starts, they need to just go watch the game and enjoy it. And, you know, let us take care of everything that's that's stressful, you know. And mm-hmm. I know that right now it's, it's hard because, you know, I – I'm fortunate enough to coach my son Lucas, but if I was in the stands, I, uh, I guess I would, I would also <laughs> want to, I would also want to chime in. But I know that, I know that I, I can't do that because if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna let my son play, um, you know, on a team or, or my daughter Natalie play on a team, then I need to respect those coaches. And if I want to work with, if I want to work with my kids, you know, after practice, you know, 
I would still go to the coach and say, Hey, what can, you know, what can my kid work on so that I, so that he can be a better player for the team. It's just, it's just the mindset. And I know, I know it's hard and I know that this, you're, we're not going <laughs> to, this is the first time this nuts been approached. You know, we gotta, we gotta kind of crack it slowly and maybe, you know, maybe within our organizations, we can, we can gain that trust and, you know, parents will just relax and enjoy the game. And I guess it's, you know, we got a lot of guys with experience that, you know, in my organization, we have some guys with pro experience and stuff like that. And, you know, if, <laughs> not to say that if you're a pro, you're going to be the best coach ever, but, you know, I, I trust these guys know what they're talking about. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, we still got, we still got, you know, some folks in the stands that I see, you know, they're just hollering at their kid and you're, and, you know, the kid feels bad because he, he swung at a ball and he missed and the, the you know, the parents like, come on, whatever. And I'm, you're embarrassing the kid and you take the fun out of it. Like let the coaches worry about that. Yeah. Like if I'm not stressing about your kid striking out as a coach, because I, I think that he's making, you know, positive gains and just, just let the kid play and have fun. That's what it's about right now at this stage, you know, the stress will come, you know, maybe your junior, senior year in high school, when you're trying to maybe continue your career in college or in college, you know, like baseball is a hard sport as it is. And it doesn't need to be made any harder by, I guess, external pressures. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the same as the way you explained it. It's the same in, in softball. It's the exact same. <laughs> you got those, those certain ones that just want everything, but I don't think, I don't think it'll ever change because it's just it, to me in, in softball is getting worse. Mm. Like it's, it's getting worse. And I look at it as like, you know, certain certain coaches, if if you check their background, like you said, they may not be the best coach, but can they give good knowledge? Can they, you know, speak on this and speak on that? So that's what that's a good thing that that I like in a coach is good the the knowledge that you know about the game. Can you can you give these kids good knowledge? Because it's so easy for these kids to just take the wrong turn these days, and you got to keep them on the right path. And I think it's kind of important to note that you know, I guess personally, and I'm pretty sure that you know some of the coaches in your organization, like we don't just roll up to practice and you know throw a practice plan together, and you know we'll see what happens. Like we actually take this stuff home, and you know we think about it, and there, you know, I could just come home and worry about my kids and you know make sure that they get better but you know it's it's bigger than that as a coach you you have you know 12 to 14 players on your team and you want everyone to succeed so it's 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 a different beast that I never knew existed you know as a player but you know I take this stuff home with me and you know if if one player is kind of struggling I kind of think about ways that I can help them out of the next practices so we can all you know be successful it's it's a great feeling when you see when you see one of the players um, struggle at something and you work with them and then it clicks and then you see the smiles on their faces and you know mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 deeper than just wins and losses at at the younger ages you know you gotta you gotta build confidence and you gotta make sure that they are doing the right things and mostly that they're happy doing what they're doing right right and so like um at, at the younger practices like i know you know they have the kids that just want to go through everything fast 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 just want to be the first one done like how much do you speak on on doing doing it right rather than being the first one done no that's that's very important too i mean we we pre you know i'm i'm going to you know use my son as an example because you know he you know when they're doing the stretches you know the high knees and the all that stuff that they do he's he's just sprinting through it and i'm like man you know there's a process stay with your team stretch out correctly so there's there's little things like that and then you get those kids that, you know, they're, they're there for an hour, hour and a half, two hours, and they're just there getting their swings. There's no intent or there's no purpose behind their swings. They're just there swinging. So I think that's our job uh, as coaches to kind of keep them on track. You know, we're not, we're not just there to, you know, babysit for two hours. You know, if I'm going to go, you know, volunteer my time for two hours and we have other coaches that are volunteering <laughs> two yeah. hours at a time, you know, we're going to, we're going to get a good workout in. And, and it's our jobs as coaches to make sure that we can com- provide the most streamlined and best, best workout that we can for whatever group it is, you know, whether it be six-year-olds or, you know, 18-year-olds, we're, we're going to get the best out of them and they should go home tired and feel like they got better that day. Right. That's, 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 that's a big thing is, they have to feel like they got better. 
because if a kid go to practice and they don't feel like they've gotten better, then that's a big problem. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it's it's just it's really it's really difficult. Um, you know, more difficult than it should be. But I, I think I think uh, you know, personally within our organization, we do a good job of making sure that these kids go home happy. You know, some you know sometimes you know these families you know they 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 pay some money, right? You know, they pay money mm-hmm. for these these things, and you want to kind of make sure that it's worth it and and that you know the money's not just being thrown at at whatever organization just to throw at it and you know you you latch yourself onto a name and then suddenly you're better no like it i guess our goal is to kind of make sure that these kids are ready to compete for jobs you know when they're sophomores in high school you know ready to compete and dominate within their you know, within their districts and stuff like that so it's a, it's a pretty big task for everybody involved you know parents coaches and players so we, we all got to be on the same page and, and in tune to towards the same goal Okay. What's some what's some good advice you would give your younger self? Good advice. Um I would probably I would probably tell myself to a little bit live a little bit more in the moment. Um you know, time flies. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure you can attest to that. You know, one day you're you're 12 years old and then you're a freshman in high school and then all of a sudden you graduate college and you're like, "Oh my gosh, that's 8 years of of my life." And <laughs> um I guess I would just cherish those moments with my friends and, you know, family a little bit more. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's all I would say is slow things down. The other day, the other day, my son was like, you know, dad, I wish I was, I wish I was 18. I'm like, dude, stop. Like, <laughs> you can always go forward, but you're never going to go back. So just enjoy being 10 right now. So mm-hmm. just little things like that. I, I would just, I would just cherish the moments. I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that, you know, coming back to San Antonio, I'm still, I'm still able to talk to a lot of the friends and, and teammates that I grew up with. And it's, it's really awesome, you know, because a lot of our, our kids are playing together now and it, it's, it's just nostalgic to go back in time a little bit and hang out together as, you know, adults and watch our kids play. It's just uh, a lot of pride going around and uh, you know, we're, we're proud of our kids is what I mean is, you know, we're proud of what we've become as parents and, you know, we're, we're, just reliving it again you know mm-hmm. we're, we're giving back to the community which is the best part we're not just sitting on our knowledge you know a lot of these guys they they know baseball they played it the right way and you know they converted it to being a baseball coach or a softball coach or whatever their calling is mm-hmm. man speak on speak on being a player coach over there in germany like like how did you split time being a player and a coach so that was probably one of the most difficult things I, I had to do um, in my baseball career. So I went over there to Germany, um, mid-30s. I wanted to continue coaching. So I said, hey, guys, I approached a team. They're called the Star Louis Hornets. And I said, hey, I, I'd like to continue coaching. So I went to one of their practices and they say, hey, well, why don't you just play? And I hadn't thought about that in years. And I was like, okay, I'll play. Maybe I could just come off the bench or whatever. And uh turns out their first baseman got hurt or something like that. Oh. So I was thrown into a starting role and um, had, some, had some success. And the team won our – so it's like, a, it's like the pro league system out there in Germany where there's um, like a first division and second division. And we won the second division, and then we we played in the first division. So that's you know it's pretty competitive baseball. It's nothing to it's nothing to really you know look down upon. You know there's some guys there, and they're really serious about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had to I had to you know practice plan, and I had to hit fungos, and I had to throw batting practice. And then on top of that, I also had to take my ground balls, and I also had to take batting practice as well. So <laughs> I kind of I kind of suffered uh, a little bit as a player but it was for the betterment of the team, you know? I mean, it, it was just, it, there was just not enough hours in the day to do both things as well as I would have liked. Man, I, I bet. I couldn't imagine trying to do that. I, I'm but, struggling being a, a softball dad right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's different out there in Germany. These guys, um, you know, they're, like I said, there's a select few guys that go over there from the U S or from whatever part of the world. And they, they're just there to play baseball, but everyone else like has a full-time job or they're full-time students. So I had a full-time job working at, at the air base out there. And then I had to drive, 
you know, 45 minutes to practice and then run a practice and then drive back home, you know, 45 minutes. And this was like four times a week. And then we had games on the weekend. So it was a busy schedule out there, but it was really enriching and rewarding. And it kind of, you know, proved to myself that I, you know, it was fun. Like I got to play baseball for two more years. Like last year as a 40 year old, I, I was able to play in two games because they were short some guys. And, you know, I, I can't, I can't stress enough how much I, I appreciate that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that had to be it had to be fun though because it was, it was fun and it was totally unexpected i mean who would have known that there was you know you know professional baseball out in germany and it's it was it was a blast and and i got to enjoy it and you know i i proved to myself that if i set my mind to it i can still compete and you know i had a i i did way better than i thought i would and it was just so much fun mm-hmm. nice nice and what's some what's some good advice you would give um like a younger kid that's that's trying to get to get to the next level at in baseball or at any sport. Yeah, in any sport. I mean, you know, obviously it's it's going to take a lot of work. You know, it's not it's not just athletics that that coaches look at. Uh, you know, you have to be a you know a solid student, um, a solid person. I know they probably look for volunteer volunteer hours and stuff like that so it's a, you're like you're like a full package you know you're not just an athlete it's a, it's it's called student athlete for a reason so like i said earlier you know the the academic aspect of being a a college student athlete kicked my butt for the better part of two years so take your study seriously uh be a good person you know all around you know volunteer around your school and of course keep on working at your craft all the time there's always someone that's trying to get better than you and that's what i tell my kids i was like dude we can go take 25 swings out in the backyard and you know you're 25 swings better so i mean you just gotta there's gotta be an internal drive within you you know your coaches and your parents and you know everybody around you can only carry you so far but ultimately it's you that kind of decides hey you know i'm gonna take this seriously and i really need to work at it because you know it doesn't get any easier as you get as you get higher along the totem pole of, of athletics, you know, there's always someone that's going to want to just, you know, beat the crap out of you on the field. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it, you, you just got to work at it, at everything. It's not, it's not easy. And you got to accept that fact and be ready to work day in and day out. You know, you got to be better than the next guy. And, you know, you got to, you just got to work, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. You got to be serious about it and you got to, you got to accept the fact that it's going to be a, a you got to dedicate yourself to it. Right. That's kind of that kind of brings into the the next question is is like how how big is is work outside of practice? I, I think it's crucial. Um, I mean, you know, just as well as I do that, you know, if I if I were to go to practice, you know, two times a week for an hour and a half, that's three hours a week. But if you were to take an extra hour out of that, you know, that, you you know, you double the time, double the time that you get at your at your sport or whatever, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is in life, it doesn't just have to be athletics, but yeah, you know, putting an extra time is important. I, I would do that. Um, when I was younger, um, hitting, like I said, hitting in the tee or taking extra ground balls, you know, you gotta, you gotta find those teammates that are just as serious as you are and kind of drag them along as well, you know, cause they're out there and you just got to bring the best out, best, mm-hmm. best out of yourself and the best out of your teammates. And, um, yeah, it, you know, being, being really good, at a sport as difficult as, you know, baseball or softball or really any sport, because, you know, every sport is, is something special that you got to be good at, but you're not going to do it just doing the bare minimum, I guess is what I'm getting at. Yep. Yep. That's it. There you go. Right there. That's the words, <laughs> the bare minimum. Cause I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, the, I've been around the kids that just, you know, like the sport. So they know like, okay, we have to do this. Like my kids, my my youngest girl, she she just starting to. It's her first year at AU, and she really just starting to to really click and like okay, like like I can really really do this if I put my mind to it. Mm-hmm. My oldest girl, she just like if it's not softball, she don't really want to have much to do with it. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, she, she is she, but she want to go to Florida. Like she set a goal. You know, when she was like five, that that's what she wanted to do. So she trying to get to where she need to be. She's a workaholic, and yeah. I'm just trying to get the the youngest one to understand. Like you have to be a workaholic. And there's different players too. I mean, there's different. You know, your your 
your model with your daughters is not, you know, it's not just isolated to your family. I got the same thing going on too, or, mm-hmm. you know, I have to, you know, some players, you got to really, you got to really be on them 75% of the time, 90% of the time, just so they can start tapping their potential. And then you got those, those people that are so driven that you don't know where all that drive comes from and they, they're going to get whatever they want and they're going to make it happen. So, I mean, that's just, you know, two different personalities and there's probably a spectrum in between, but you know, you as a coach got to figure out, okay, well, what's my, what what kind of player is this? Do I need to really be on his butt every day in order to get Mm -hmm. the best out of him? Or, you know, can I depend on him to be, you know, a leader and independent and, and stuff like that. So your, your daughters are a perfect spectrum of what a lot of people go through as a coach and as a parent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, cause the difference like mine, one started when she was three, she started playing. And the other one, I think she was five, six years old when she started playing. So my oldest one, almost her whole life, she's been playing the sport. <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, me, I'm just here supporting. I do whatever they say. I take all the, everything I see from lessons and practices and that's what I do outside of practice. Yeah. And I think that's important too. You know, parents, um, some, some parents might feel like they don't have the tools necessary to help their kids get better. I -hmm. think uh, when I was, you know, when I was doing the, the coach pitch teams or any of the youth teams below the high school level, I would, I would encourage the parents to help out. Um, You know, of course, knowing that, they had when you know when it's game time they're gonna have to sit in the stands like we talked about and you know not do any of the coaching but Mm -hmm. if we have all this knowledge as you know coaches and we have influence over players and parents and you know i i I did my best to try to include these folks and you know if a parent came up to me and said hey you know how can how can my kid get better i would take the time and show them because ultimately it helps the kid and it helps the team and it, it might even build that parent parent kid relationship a little bit better too and you know the parents can figure out that what their kids are trying to do as you know eight nine ten year olds is not easy by any means it's not easy for us as you know college players or adults you know to to perfect baseball you know a lot of the folks on your on your podcast you know talk about how you can fail you can you know get out seven times out of ten and you're still a pretty darn good ball player but you know Mm -hmm. if if i come home to if my kid brings me home, he's like, hey, dad, I got a 30% on my math test. <laughs> thing, you know? Yeah, he's like, that's not good. That's not yeah. good at all. <laughs> but it's, it's also, it's important too, because you have to teach, you have to teach players how to deal with failure. Like, are you going to give up or are you going to buckle down and let's get after it and let's be successful? So it's, it's just baseball, is, baseball and, you know, athletics in general is so deep on so many levels, you know, I don't mean to get too deep right now, but like there's oh, a lot no. going on. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a lot to deal with and we have to kind of all perfect that and put it in a nice little box with the bow on top and make it successful. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing too, is, is in this sport, baseball and the softball, like failure is going to happen though. Like <laughs> is the sport is, is just too hard. You have to do too much. Like, I get migraines in the stands because, like, you got to move. Everybody have yeah. to move. Yes, I mean, basketball, You that's what I played growing up, basketball. Yes, you moving, doing that, but it's just different in baseball and softball. Like, it's, it's so much you got to think about. Mm-hmm. While the game is going on, you got people running here, there, you got runners. You got to make sure. Wait, they run it here. Wait, this a force. I got a tag. I, mm-hmm. Like that's just way too much. <laughs> yeah, and it's you know it's a chess battle up there. You know you're you're one on one against the pitcher. It's just you against the pitcher, or mm-hmm. you know whatever you against the batter. And you know they're not gonna lay fastballs right down the pipe and see if you can hit it. You know it's there's there's different aspects to it too. Like what are they gonna throw me? What part of the plate are they gonna, mm-hmm. they gonna throw? It? It's just it's really complex and and you know you you really got to appreciate the talent that you know some of these kids have and you know where they're trying to go yeah and um like we was on the the failure subject you brought that up like as as a as a parent like i know as a parent you don't want to see your kid do anything bad especially when it comes to sports because parents think oh they did one thing and they probably will never play again 
but as a coach, how like do you speak failure like in practice to your kids? Yeah, I mean, I think we learn from failure. I think um, there are some things that we have to relive. I mean, you don't you don't harp on it. You don't you don't um, label a player or belittle a player because of something that they did. You know, we we played baseball or, you know, we've played our sport as coaches. We've played it long enough to understand how difficult it is. And that sometimes you're going to be, you know, batting 500, 600. And sometimes your average is going to, you know, drop down into the 200s. But it's you got to find that equilibrium to kind of stay steady. You know, like it's, you know, like you said earlier, if you fail seven times out of 10, you're a pretty good player. You got to show these players that, you know, you're going to fail. Just give us your best shot. You know, mm-hmm. you can live with with failure but we can't live with lack of effort you know like sometimes the ball takes a bad hop sometimes you know you give a really good at bat you know you take the at bat out to you know eight nine ten pitches and you strike out or you fly out or even the more the the harder thing is like if you if you square a ball up eight times and you hit eight line drives right at the center fielder like what is that a success or a failure and you got to tell these kids dude like we're asking you to hit the ball hard and you hit the ball hard so you know mm-hmm. you succeed it. you know sometimes balls go right at people and you know you're out and sometimes you can you know hit a little dribbler in front of the third baseman or hit a little flare over the shortstop and that's a single and you know it's 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 a delicate balance but i think you have to tell your players hey this is what i'm expecting of you and you need to set realist, realistic expectations too. So, I mean, that, I think that that's a big part of the things that I do with my high school guys is I made them, you know, write five realistic expectations for the season. And, you know, stats weren't, stats weren't involved at all because you can't really control stats. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And, and I mean, now with, with social media and all this, so I mean, I bet these high school players, you know, I'm pretty sure they, they look at that. A lot, and they, you know, on there, everybody's doing good. They got to know that most of those people, they they have to go through the bad. Yeah, I mean, you know, stats is one of the hardest things. That's it's hard to get a kid to look away from stats because that's where all the glory is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I had my my team in Germany when I was the head coach of that team. We were, you know, total underdogs. We were outgunned. We were outmanned. We had we we should have been you know, lower on, on the, in the standings that we were, but, you know, I told them, I was like, guys, you know, we, we can't look at stats. We, we, we have two good hitters on the team and everyone else needs a player role, whether it be, you know, sacrificing your out or hitting line drives or, you know, whatever the case may be. And we were winning games, you know, we, we, you know, should have tripled our win, our wins from the previous season. And once like the middle of the season came, someone posted the stats in our, in our group chat. And after that, like no one was, you know, playing for the team anymore because even though we were winning their stats, their stats weren't as high as, as it, they, they thought they should have been. And, you know, we mm-hmm. kind of took a little bit of a nosedive because someone thought that stats were more important than, you know, production. <laughs> um, speak on like how, how did your, were your recruitment? Like how, how was it crazy or was it like, you know, whatever i'm gonna just go here or, or how how was your recruitment going so you're talking about me personally out of high school yeah you personally yeah, yeah you so personally. that was that was one of the most confusing things that i had ever had to deal with um up to that point i didn't know anything about the process um i was always told you know if you do well enough someone will find you and you'll get to go to a really good school and play some major baseball um but that didn't happen. You know, the stats, you know, I, the stats didn't matter. I, I didn't know what I needed to do. I thought my coaches might help me out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had another, you know, teammate from a winter league team. He, he went to, to Hendricks college and he's like, Hey, yeah, why don't you, uh, you know, write my coach and uh, we'll see if we can get you up there. So uh, there was a scouting service. I forgot what the name of it was. And, you know, they kind of helped facilitate that conversation and stuff like that. But if I was if I was looking back on it now, um, that's something that I would have tried to have educate myself on as a recruiting process in general. Because sometimes you know you're not going to be that stud that everyone notices or sees. You gotta you gotta really make it happen, and you gotta be proactive in writing coaches and and just finding the right mentors. You know whether it be a, a coach on your 
on your team's coaching staff that can help you out or something like that. But you can't be complacent and sit back. And, you know, if you're not one of those top tier guys, you can't just sit back and hope that somebody will see you. You gotta, you gotta make it happen. And that's one of the things that social media is helping out with now is that you can reach more people and, you know, send videos and little clips and stuff like that to coaches and, you know, hopefully get recognized. But yeah, my, my process was really underwhelming. I, uh, I didn't get, you know, I got the, the traditional letters come to our camp and stuff like that, but those weren't, those weren't very serious. And I was fortunate enough to land that at Hendrix. I, I didn't have anything, I didn't have anything else to fall back on. So um, I took a chance and uh, luckily it worked out for me, but if, if Hendrix wouldn't have happened, I don't know if I would have played college baseball. Mm-hmm. So speak on like when, when you coaching from, for high school, you know, and, and you got these college coaches reaching out, reaching out to you for, for your players? Like, like, how was that process? Um, so I didn't, I didn't have to deal with that. Um, I was an assistant coach and a JV coach and stuff like that. But I know that, um, you know, most of the times that hopefully the the coaches would be serious. There's a lot of reputations on the line. If, if, um, you know, Johnny shortstop is pretty decent and you, you know, you tell the coach, Hey, this guy's, you know, he's a stud. He's going to be a starter on your team, on your division one or division two team. Then and it turns out to be a bust. Then, you know, not only do you hurt uh, the program that you're kind of advocating this player for, but you know, you kind of hurt the player's stock as well. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a, a hairy subject, but if someone were to come up to me and say, Hey, how's so-and-so doing you, know, you got to give them the whole aspect, you know, they're a good student, they're a good leader, their characters, flawless and stuff like that. So there's, there's just, there's just a lot of it that goes on, I guess. Okay. Okay. So we getting, you know, getting down, get down to the end of it here, man. Mm-hmm. And my, my ultimate, my ultimate question that I have, is who would you like to hear on the the podcast? But your answer, you have to help me out a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I I did a little bit of homework, and you know, I gotta <laughs> say, I gotta say, I cheated, and I've listened to this question before, and you know, I, I'm glad I did because there's there's three guys, and of course, I'll give you their contact information. Um, so the first one is you know the head the head guy at at the Kane San Antonio organization. His name's Adrian Cantu. Um, he is one of the most dynamic baseball guys that I've ever been a part, you know, mm-hmm. ever been associated with. Like this guy's a, a scout. He's a scout for the nationals. And he also, you know, coaches, you know, 10, 11, 12 year old guys. So if you try to take that spectrum of knowledge, like, and, you know, he can kind of break it down for a little guy or he can like really be serious and get technical with, you know, some of those older high school guys or college guys that are trying to, trying to make their way up the ranks but I think he would also be good because he can definitely speak to recruiting processes for college and you know ultimately like I said he's a scout so he can kind of tell you what what those guys are looking for at the higher level mm-hmm. so it's, that's one of the dynamic guys um Adrian can too um another one is um Manuel Reyes um he he's a, a local product as well he's uh I think he he works for the or he works he volunteers with the San Antonio Titans and he was a catcher I think he was a catcher he was on that uh, St. Mary's national championship team uh, back in the early 2000s. Um, I, I'd like to, you know, as a coach, um, someone that takes pride in the craft, you you want to learn and hear as many things as you can from as many different people as possible, just because, you know, first off, the stories are really cool to listen to, but you can really gain knowledge. Like you can never stop learning as a coach. And I, you know, he's a catching guy and, you know, my son Lucas wants to be a catcher. So I think that would be fun for, for me to listen to. And uh, lastly, there's another guy, you know, delving into different sports um, is a football coach, uh, Northwest Bears football team, and his name's uh, Joe Hinojosa. And, you know, the passion that he brings, you know, into the office talking about, you know, his weekend with the football guys and, you know, kids. And it, it's for someone, you know, he didn't play college football or anything higher than maybe high school. But, you know, this guy does his homework and it's just fun to hear stories. And, you know, this this might break. I don't know if you've done anybody from football, but it'd be fun to branch off to see how... <laughs> how crazy and fun football can be here, you know, that, here in Texas. Yes. But that's, and that's something that, that I want. I have a meeting actually with one football guy here. I've been trying to, you know, branch out to, to different sports. And I mean, like I think you're the first baseball guy I had, I had a high school coach, football coach, but I've been trying to get a youth, but 
Man, I'm in a page on Facebook and I hear, I see so much and I'm like, man, do I want these guys? But, but like, I, I'm, I'm looking for a lot of, you know, like you said, the knowledge and the guy that you mentioned that, you know, that's, that's something that I want. Some of the guys I see in the football world on, I mean, on Facebook, it's like, like y'all in it for the wrong reasons. Mm, like absolutely. they, they only look to make that post you know, that and right. who they can brag about this. And, and it's like, like, that's just, no, nah, I don't, I don't need none of that. I'm trying to bring positivity into the yeah. youth sports. Like, you know me, I'm a podcast guy. I rarely even listen to music these days. I just, just, I, I like to learn. I want to learn as much as I can. And like hearing different things from all these different coaches and like players like you, you know, on all different levels, like for me, it, it helps me into teaching my kids because I never played the sport as older. So I didn't, you know, I don't know what's going on. So that's that was the main reason for me doing the podcast to give back to the community. You know, like it's just I felt like it was something that we needed around here. No, I think you're absolutely right from, uh, you know, a bunch of the a bunch of the folks that I guess I like associating myself with as far as coaching and, you know, most of the the folks that that you've interviewed that I that I'm friends with, you know, were the the knowledge base is absolutely 100% there, but the need for attention or the need to be the spotlight is not there. Like mm-hmm. you know, these folks they're they're dedicated to you know to their athletes. You know, they they want their athletes to genuine. They genuinely want their athletes to succeed. And you know, some of you know some of us played in college. You know, some of us played pro ball, but we want that next generation to know what we didn't know and to be able to do what we didn't do. And it just makes everybody better. I think it's, I think it's very noble to be a, to be a coach, uh, you know, for some of these, some of these athletes, it's very, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's a pleasure. And it's just, it's just great uh, to give back, I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Cause these days, these, these kids, they doing things that is like, wow that's like that's what i'll be saying just like dang like how do you do that at that age you know but but the work ethic you know so but man i want to i want to thank you for for taking out your time of day and night you know to for and being on the podcast yes sir absolutely i appreciate it and i'll send you those contacts but uh like i said thanks for doing this this has really uh you know been fun to to listen to and you know there's a lot of good things happening and i think you're capturing it so thank you all right, and I appreciate it. I appreciate it, and that's that's what I want to do. I want it to to be all positivity. I don't want, you know, I don't want the coaches on here all. No, I do this. That like, you know, let's hold on. Let's let's slow down. Let's, you know, like that's why I'm like, okay, this person, this person, you know, like I gotta make sure I get the right people on here. Yes, sir. All right, man. So I appreciate you. All right, have a good night. Thanks. All right, you too. Ciao. I let my boy Thomas. He's still out here getting them kids right. So y'all speed and agility. Y'all need to hit him up. He got some quality work. My boy Jeremy with the tent. Go follow his page on Facebook, GTZ Window Tent, and and hit him up. Man, y'all get them appointments in. Levi's reads some more. Let the wife get them doors looking good. You know them doors might be naked. So go ahead and let her get y'all right. Levi's mobile detailing just a call away from getting them cars to looking brand new again. So y'all hit us up and we ready to get some work in, all of us.